Welcome to A Journey to Inner Wisdom. This is Crystal, a wisdomologist and the host of this podcast. We all have a different journey. What may strike me or you or any of us may not resonate with someone else. Our task is to be aware and awake in order to notice the invitations that are right in front of us. As with any journey, there are many ways to get to where we are going. In this journey to inner wisdom, there are many tools, practices, paths, possibilities, guides, and mentors. Some we search for, some we bump into, and some are just set down plunk in front of us, whether we are looking or not. On my own journey, I continue to discover both extraordinary wisdom and in some ways, even more importantly, the ordinary wisdom that is in front of my nose. And so today I will actually look at the ordinary and the extraordinary. But first let's look at the meaning of the words. Ordinary means routine, the usual, a usual order of things. Extraordinary, according to the dictionary, means outside of the normal course of events, remarkable, exceptional, noteworthy, and out of the common order. And yet, it's often in the ordinary events of life that we find the extraordinary. Today, I'm going to talk with Jen Sade, author of seven books and a very interesting journey. It is her first book that caught my attention for today's conversation. Dark Confessions of an Extraordinary, Ordinary Woman. I think she understands what I'm saying about ordinary and extraordinary. Welcome, Jen. It's so great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for inviting me, Crystal. I'm glad to be here. Great. So let me tell uh, our listeners a little bit about you, and then we can chat and learn more about your journey. So Jen has combined her love of writing with her passion for empowering women into three purposeful series. Uh, the Self-Esteem series currently contains three nonfiction stories tackling common, common issues that affect women's self-esteem. The one we'll be looking at today, Dark Confessions of an Extraordinary Ordinary Woman, explores the dark consequences of domestic violence, drug use, and depression. The second book, Dirty Secrets of the World's Worst Employee, addresses bullying and sexual harassment in the workplace. Cottage Cheese Thighs delves into how societal expectations and marketing ploys harm our body image. The Survivor Series, she has her, her there's her own hero and her beauty burns are action-packed suspenseful fictional stories proving that women have the power to save themselves. And then her True Tales series unintentionally began with No Kids Required, the true story of 20 trailblazing women who've chosen not to have children. And Women Ready to Rise expanded the series, showcasing 22 inspirational stories of turning tragedies into triumphs. Jen is a proud Canadian born in Windsor, Ontario, where she resides with her heroic husband and two lovable labs. Jen can always be reached through the various social media accounts or by email. And that will be included at the, on the uh, podcast page. So Jen, Welcome again. It's so great to have you. And I have to say, I absolutely loved your book. You're a, an amazing writer. I was just um, gripped by your story. And it really is um, an amazing journey. So without giving away the whole story, because I want people to read it, I have goosebumps right now thinking of the book because I just, I couldn't put it down. So without giving away the whole story, tell us a little bit about your journey, but also what led you to, to write the book. 
That's kind of a, it's an extraordinary story in itself. Um, and actually lended itself to my second book, uh, Dirty Secrets of the World's Worst Employee. Um, I had somebody very near and dear to me who was diagnosed with leukemia. And um, when he was going through his battle, I was in a really crazy job for a writer. I was a food and beverage manager at a golf course. And he was the first one to kind of point out that uh, I wasn't following my calling. He said, uh, why are you a food and beverage manager when you were meant to be a writer? And I was in my thirties, already set, like I, this is the path I'm on. And that just woke something in me. Um, and then I started pursuing it like a, on a freelance basis. And then in this, another moment where I took a look at kind of the ordinary, I was sitting, I was reading a book on a camping trip, just relaxing, enjoying myself and relating to the story I was reading, realized my own story that mm -hmm. I have had all these experiences that I really think that could impact others. And I decided that I could take this ordinary life and and use it to do something more wow that's great well and the interesting thing about the the dark secrets um or the dark uh, the dark confessions is that it's a book that it's your story but it's such a i i suppose i could say almost like an archetypal story about women struggling isn't it oh yes and it, it is actually very ordinary when I first wrote the book, I thought that some of the experiences I've been, I actually thought at one point in my life that I had messed up my life so extraordinarily bad, like it could not be put back together. And I think a lot of women, we think that when we make these mistakes or get into these horrible situations, we we deserve it and we're stuck and there's nothing we can do to change. We've but so many women, once it was published, reached out to me and said, I've been in those shoes. I've made those same choices. So it was very ordinary and we all make these mistakes. Mm -hmm. And it's realizing that it's not something inherently wrong with ourselves. It's, it's part of growing, it's part of life and it is it's ordinary. And to, be, to your point earlier, it's something you could turn to extraordinary. That's right. That's right. Well, and it's always, it's so interesting because in terms of, of um, the trajectory of the growth of women, like it's, it's been fairly recent that, I mean, in the last hundred years that we've had any rights. And so it's almost as if we're, we're holding the, the remnants of history. And it's so difficult sometimes when we get into a situation that's demeaning or abusive or where we're just feeling not our full self, that there's probably a lot of history that we're holding on to as well. But it's silent history. And I think that good point. So that's why I actually have it's a dark confessions. And I think the line in the book is uh, too many suffer in silence that's the problem i think all the generations before us never talked about it so we think that what we're doing is so different or so we think that our situation is uniquely tragic and there's nobody who would understand and nobody we could lean on 
when I think for years and years, women have played a second class role in too many mm -hmm. situations. Mm -hmm. When you, when you think about um, your journey and you think about the, um, the moments that were really turning points for you, what, what were those turning points that, that helped you to see that, um, okay, you're in this so-called ordinary situation, but it's extraordinary. And I think the whole thing about extraordinary, it's almost like, for me, like, it's almost like metacognition. It's kind of like you're, you rise above the ordinary and you look at it and you go, oh, but that is extraordinary. You know, it's almost like you have to come out of yourself to realize, wow, what is going on here? What were some of those moments for you? There are some moments near the end of the relationship that probably should have been more like that, that should have had that mm. impact where it hit me and was like, whoa, this is, this is not normal. This is not acceptable behavior. You should not be tolerating this. Um, I don't want to give out too many of the things from the book itself, but, uh, my life was in jeopardy and I actually reached a point in my life where I was okay with that. I was okay with the fact that I might not survive this relationship or I was okay if my life suddenly ended. And it took a long time, I think, to, it took actually being face to face with death. Um, mm. on more than one occasion where it was I'm given a choice to give up or keep going and something in me kept going mm. so it, it was a rock bottom moment and it was you could just lay here and give up and that's that's the end of it or you've got to stand up and fight back and and pit your life back together um, one of my favorite quotes from that book is once I learned my life was valuable, I started to treat it that way. Ah, uh, yes. That was the life-changing, like, kind of clue. I, when I got to rock bottom and things were falling apart, a lot of people who loved me showed that. And so I started to see value from people who my ex had kind of separated me from. That's something typical abusers do. They try and isolate you yep. so that uh, they can have more control. So when I started getting people back in my life who highlighted my value and started seeing my own value, then things started to turn around. So on the journey, people are obviously very important. Oh, for sure. What 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 other things? Because I, I, I talk about the idea that, you know, sometimes it's a book as your book would impact many people, many women. And sometimes it's, um, you know, maybe it's a conference or a workshop, or sometimes it's just a comment that someone makes that can just really shift the way that we're doing our lives. Oh, that that's back to my original story about how I became a writer, my uncle. Why are you a food and beverage manager when you're meant to be a writer? It was just... It was like somebody smacked me in the face and said, you're not doing what you were meant to do on this earth. What are you doing? Get, like, wake up. Yeah. And yeah. that changed. That changed everything. It did. It changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. I started seeing purpose in my past. Mm. So talk about now. I mean, it, it, 
in some ways, I think writing a book like this must have been really, um, um, like would stretch you in terms of like, it's a, I read it and I think, oh my God, you're so honest. I don't know that I could do a true confession here. I, 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 I was amazed at the stuff that you wrote about. Um, it just blew me away and it was very moving. I mean, it was difficult to read at times, but it was like, wow, this is amazing that you would bear your soul, your heart, your mind, everything um, to write this book. Um, so at what point did you decide, okay, I have to write this book, this particular story, your story, your journey? It was while reading somebody else's and I just, I, I, I felt connected and impact from their story and it was it was like one of those light bulb moments where it was you've been through so much you you have all these experiences and I bet you they could help somebody else I had no idea how common it was at the time uh. and I, I actually thought um my story was more unique and then once it was published or I started even talking about it with other women I got so many of that, that me too moments where it was, mm. it, and then it became an obsession that I, I, I had to not only write that story, but all these others that followed, it just became, we as women, we try and hide the ugly part. Yeah. We put on that, that facade that everything's fine. Everything's perfect. We're okay. And so often that's not the case and and that's what has led to so many tragedies worldwide is, is women not sharing what they're going through that's right men too men definitely too i yeah. think it's a, a different percentage or a degree but men have their own yeah and and i also think that what happens is that when we hide out and and we don't speak about what it is that really is going on in our lives. Then we get sick or we have an accident or life starts to fall apart. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for you, how did that happen? Like, obviously you had that moment, your uncle like saw things very clearly. Um, you know, what was, what was the, what were some of those moments that were like, Oh, uh, well, I mean, you just talked about like, you know, death, that would be kind of a, you know, earth, earth shaking in terms of, okay, is this really where I want to go? What were some of the other moments that were, um, oh, I need to, I need to pay attention, whether in the story, but even afterwards where it was kind of like, oh, I need to pay attention here. There's a message coming through. For me, weight and self-esteem. Body image is it's still something I struggle with. And it was kind of hard because my act, I gained weight in our relationship. And, and whether that was the reason for the way I was treated or not, that's how I was made to feel. That it was mine mm -hmm. doing for being less attractive or for putting on weight. And when the first two books came out, um, they were doing well, and I was helping women with their self-esteem. 
and then realizing I still had so many insecurities about my body. Mm. And that's what that's where cottage cheese they came from, where I actually I wanted to dissect why I thought I was so obesely ugly, so hideous, mm-hmm. when that was clearly not true. Mm-hmm. And if I saw it through the eyes of other people, it wasn't true, but it was something that was ingrained in my brain. And um, I started to explore women in general, um, the media, advertising. It's, it's gotten so yeah. much better, I have to say, in the last couple of years. I think that we've came a long way as far as the image we expect women to portray. Yes. Um, yes. But growing up, I grew up in the supermodel era and uh, everything was about you had to have that size size two is heavy (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. it was you had to be this perfectly thin and if you weren't you weren't worthy which is ridiculous right right absolutely I mean I grew up in a different era but era but it was it was the same it was you know you had to you had to be slim and you had to I remember my uh, aunt-in-law saying oh she has a lovely figure that was, that was the term. It was like the lovely figure. It was like, that meant, okay, she's watching her weight. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so interesting now with grandkids and two girl grandkids, I mean, boys too, but girls I think are more sensitive and just kind of watching them. And, um, my daughter not having diet conversations, you know, cause that's yeah. so prevalent. It's like, let's have nutrition conversations. Let's have energy conversations as opposed to diet. It's like a bad four letter word for sure. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So Jen, talk a little bit about how now your life is totally different. And I think it's really important um, to find the extraordinary in the ordinary. Talk a little bit about how that happens for you well it actually happened uh just last week when we were supposed to have our first uh uh, zoom meeting um i was just having a really stressful day at work my loving husband uh, suggested instead of us going um instead of me cooking dinner after work he says let me take you out for dinner um he's actually just came in right the door right now (laughs) on camera but just something as simple as going out for dinner, something that you do on a regular basis, it was because of how I needed it and because of him being thoughtful about it, it made it extraordinary. It made it exactly what I needed in that moment. And I think that so much of our lives are filled with these little ordinary moments that they don't seem like much at the time, but we really reflect on it and appreciate what's going on. They can be extraordinary. Yeah. And I think appreciation is really important, isn't it? To really be grateful for those moments and not take them for granted. Yeah. And I, 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 as you're talking, I think about how somehow the last two and a half years of COVID, of the pandemic, I think has really tuned us into noticing how extraordinary the ordinary is. Hundred percent. Yeah. I could not agree more. 
I appreciate life more now. Yeah. And, and the people. I think yeah. that first few years as an author, I was always chasing the big events and wanted to do the speaker gigs and trying to get so much accomplished. Yeah. And I was losing the connection with somebody like my husband, who's my number one person, or I have the best group of, of friends and a wonderful mom. Like these people, they were my everything. And then I kind of branched out too far and forgot about those who really mattered. Yeah. So pandemic has helped me reel back and just sitting outside on the porch, watching, you know, planes drive by planes fly by stuff like that yeah it's true isn't it because I one of my favorite things to do is after dinner well we generally in the summer we just eat dinner outside every evening and then when we're finished we just sit and and enjoy the quiet and nature and I think where else would I rather be it's so beautiful and I think somehow COVID had an effect of well we can't go anywhere so let's just appreciate what we have and recognize how extraordinary it is to be alive in this place right now doing what we're doing. So, yeah. yeah. Live every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a couple of quotes here that um, I wanted to read. I, I got two of them, I think, from your book. And then I, I got another one. But I just want to read them for our listeners because they're so they're so powerful, interspersed in your writings. Um, and your writings are powerful as well. So the first one is your ordinary acts of love and hope point to the extraordinary promise that every human life is of inestimable, valuable. Desmond Tutu. I love that. He just died this. Was it this year or last year? Great man. Success is doing ordinary things extraordinarily well, Jim Rohn. And then I like this one. Heroes are ordinary people who make themselves extraordinary. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's really important for people to pause and be aware of what is happening in their life. It's like just noticing because I think we get so busy that things just go by it's like you talking about your book and promoting your book and not having time for anything it's like we forget what is actually our life what is our life what is what is going on around us um oh there was just there's something else I was going to ask you and it's just slipped out of my head um oh I know I was going to ask you I I heard this writer once talk about how when she got an idea for a book, it was like she would be doing something else, working in the garden. All of a sudden she could feel an idea coming and she'd have to run in the house and get a pencil and paper and write it down. Or if she did it, it would just go away. It would go past her and somebody else would get it. I love that. And I, I understand exactly what that writer is talking about. I had even just the little thing in the backyard the other day with a bug on me that ended up into like a whole idea for an, uh my first actual like thriller scary kind of novel uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I concept, the, the title the, and the order and I started like writing it down like I have five books on the go right now <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing amazing 
one that's totally finished, one that's like 90% and then three others that are just paragraphs, like a few pages because I've had this idea and I have to start it, but got all this other stuff going on. So yeah, yeah. It's interesting because it's kind of like, I think about, um, you know, the universe is just full of opportunities and invitations and ideas. And if we're not paying attention, they just go by, they yeah. go by. So, I mean, the great gift that your uncle gave you is that you started to pay attention to being a writer. Otherwise, all of those ideas are there, but they just don't stick, do they? No, I would have still been in my full-time job at the time and wouldn't have had the time to write the first book. Yeah. No. yeah. It's almost it's almost like we become like sticky paper and those ideas start to stick to us because we're in that mode of, for you, I'm a writer. So the ideas come at you as a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I even even for me with doing the podcasts, you know, I'll go through, oh my goodness, what am I going to do next? And all of a sudden I get this idea and I have to write it down. And it's like, it just kind of flies in. It's, yeah, it's, it's extraordinary. Creativity. Isn't it amazing? What's that? So I love creativity. Just like yes. how it's come out of nowhere. I, yeah. I love just like, but you have to be open to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. I went, I was a writer when I was in high school and then I went a totally different career path. Didn't have a single book idea for a good 10 years. And yeah. then once you believe it, you can. that's right. Here you are. Here you are. You're getting close to 20. That's amazing. <laughs> when, when you were a little girl, did did you write as a little girl? I did. Um, the first kind of recognition I can remember was grade six. I wrote a poem on homework and my teacher had it scrawled into wood and put it up in her classroom. Oh my goodness. Wow. So I would say it was, that was kind of what everybody expected from me. And yeah. then, well, you've read the first book life kind of didn't go according to plan and right yeah. I took the jobs I could get and I thought the writer thing was dead I thought that was never going to happen yeah yeah well thank goodness you rediscovered that that gift yeah amazing well I'm looking forward to um to reading your other books because I yeah I, I was just so um I read a lot and so, and I read all kinds of things and I, I really did, I really did enjoy your book. And I think, um, anyone listening, um, do look at the podcast site and you will see where you can get the book. If you go to Jen's website, you can get it there. You can get all of her books there. And, um, I'm looking forward to reading more before we go. Is there anything else you would like to add about the ordinary, extraordinary experiences of life? I just think you have to look for the extraordinary in the ordinary. Just live every day, make the most of it, and chase those things that feel good. That's right. Very good. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your journey, Jen. It, it's an amazing journey. And I know that when people read your book, they'll be as amazed as I am of your of your uh, of the journey and the honesty and the really the soul bearing that that occurred in that story and thanks my listeners for joining me again thanks to you and um even if you're for the first time thanks for coming 
And you can, as I said, you can find Jen's information on the podcast page. You can also find out about my Enneagram program starting in October on my website, Journey to Inner Wisdom. And until next time, I hope that you will find the extraordinary in your ordinary moments of life. Talk to you soon.
Thank you, Cynthia. That was lovely. <clears throat> I think I may have fallen asleep as the colors were whirling around me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great meditation. And the great thing is that people can come back to it, right? They can listen to the recording and, and hear that meditation. Very cool. Any other words about that meditation before we wind up? You know, um, so in there at the end, when it talks about imagining and developing into an egg, um, I would love, and, and again, in meditation and in ancient healing, um, for those that have not experienced the harmonic egg, mm. is sound and light and meditative healing. And it actually heals from the cellular level. So for any of those, so I just, as that was, as we were finishing, I was thinking of that and I wanted to kind of leave that thought with, with those that might be journey, journeying in a different direction and may need some to get back. Right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I haven't tried the harmonic egg yet. I've talked to a few people. It sounds pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you. Um, Thanks for joining me today and for sharing your journey and for sharing this great chakra healing meditation. I'm, I will certainly listen to it again. And thanks, my listeners.